Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Hello, and welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. So today, we were talking and chatting before we hopped on and started recording, and we were like, what are we going to talk about today? Um, and we just thought that it'd be a cool idea to talk about basically what we would do differently if we could look back at our time with our coaches, with our coaching practices, and just change something that now that we look back at it, we're like, yeah, I should probably, I should have probably done this instead, you know, and hopefully... You know, maybe if some of you are um, dealing with some similar issues or similar obstacles that might be uh, coming up in your own practice, that maybe this could help you navigate a little bit um, or at least get some inspiration from. So, yeah. And interestingly and not surprisingly, we had several that we would change, right? Like there are several things. And so we mm-hmm. had to try to narrow it down to just one each. And I'm sure this is shocking, but we have from me more of like a, a mentality psychology approach. And then with Cody, we have more of the practical approach. So we hope that you're able to glean something from each one of these things. And I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So hit me with it. What All right. is something that you would do differently? Well, uh, like I said, so many things, but the one thing that I think was just super pivotal for me in my business was just owning who I am as a coach, as an individual, mm-hmm. as, um, as a, as a client, like a previous client. So I had my own story that, that we went through and just being rather than trying to replicate what everyone else was doing. And I did try that for for a while. And I think our tendency is to try to do that because we see this is working for somebody. Why are we not just replicating that? And I think there's something to be said about that, but I think it's really, really important to just be like, you know what? We don't need another one of those in this world. We need one of me in this world. And so if you're listening today, realize that while your stuff might look similar to what other people are doing, you have your own special gifts. You have your own special spin to put onto the business that you have. Otherwise, they, you would not be really necessary. And so for me, that took too long, I think, for me to figure out. And I think that my business would have scaled a lot more quickly and I would have helped way more people a lot faster if I had just been able to wrap my mind around that and owned it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's so important. So what was the process like of you getting to that point? Because, you know, I I know for a fact it didn't just happen overnight to where you're just like, I'm going to be myself. And everything was like 100% yourself, you know? So like, what was that whole process? What was some of the kind of challenges that you kind of had to overcome to get there? Well, I joke about how like, it's been like a two-year existential crisis is kind of what I tell people. Um, And I don't really think it was an existential crisis, but that's kind of how it summed up because it's like, here's who I am and why am I not able to go through that? So I think for the process, part of it was starting out replicating what someone else had done, right? Uh, Just understanding that, you know, we had gone through a certain process ourselves and this, this process can help other people. And then looking at who the other financial coaches were out there and kind of jumping onto their websites and trying to take what they had done and quote, make it my own, but really realizing that 
there was something missing. Like I probably would have added some of this information about like motivational interviewing and stages of change and stuff that we've talked about on this podcast before that many other coaches don't ever talk about because it's not, it's not where they came from. And so I would try to just copy and make like 2.0 and then I would read through it and I'm like, this just doesn't, it doesn't feel like me. So there was a process of starting with the copying and then recognizing that that's not me. But then there was like an internal battle, like, well, this is, that's, that's a counseling thing. That's not a coaching thing. So why would you bring that to the table? Uh, and then when I started realizing that that's exactly what was missing in this whole, um, the coaching arena was like, okay, let's just do it to see what happens, see who you can help with that. And so I was able to start bringing it in and there was just like a trial and error thing. Like what was working for clients, what was not. The second thing that really helped was I finally said, you know what? I need some mental coaching for myself because I realized that there was the whole imposter syndrome happening. There was uh, just that self-doubt that was creeping in. And so I decided to go out and hire a coach. I hired somebody who was able to help with the motivational side and someone who was able to help with the business side so that I could just kind of understand, you know, yes, I do have something to offer and and how would that look like in the marketplace? So um, coaching was one of those big things. And from there, it was just a lot of putting things out there that are that seem unconventional and seeing what people thought. And as I started to realize that there were people who really did resonate with what I was doing, that was really empowering. And I think part of the thing that I recognized, Cody, was that some of the people that I was trying to cater to weren't my people. So when I was copying what other coaches were doing, well, when I was copying what other coaches were doing, I was talking to their audiences. When I started, right. when I started recognizing what it was that I wanted to do, then I started attracting my audience. And that just, that made a really big difference for me. I think it makes all the difference because th you said it exactly correct. Like that's someone else's audience, mm -hmm. you know, and like you, you don't want someone else's audience, right? You want your audience yeah. because you're going to be able to impact them the most and, and vice versa as right. well. Yeah. Those other coaches so, that I was copying would not be able to talk to and, and effectuate the people who I was able to do that with. So, yeah. So I think that that's why that's one of the main things I would change because part of why I'm doing this is so that I can help as many people as possible. And I just don't think I was helping the right people. Uh, and I certainly wasn't helping the number of people. Yeah. I think that we touched on this in a, it, it might've even been last week. I'm not sure. Um, but this whole topic of like basically just being yourself and, and yeah. not trying to be someone else, we, we touched on it in a recent episode. I can't remember which one it was, but I just want to like double down and reiterate that it's, it's the most important thing that you can do to be authentic mm -hmm. is like, it's, it's what's going to either make you be successful and, and achieve your goals or really hold you back from that. Yeah. Uh, Cause if you try and put on a mask and you're trying to be someone else, like someone else has already done that and they've done it really well because that's who they are. Yeah. You know? And, you know, I, I think that it's great to have influence or to, uh, to draw influence rather from other people and, you know, maybe take some ideas from them and be like, you know, that's a good idea. Like maybe I might apply that on my end, but with a little twist, you know, I think that's all great. But you have to, you have to determine like where that, 
line in the sand is to where you're like, I can, I can have and take influence from other people. But even if I do that, I'm still being myself because of these reasons or these character qualities, um, or, you know, or these values, you know, anything like that. It's very important because if you are not authentic, you're going to smell Mm -hmm. to your potential prospects. They're going to pick up on that. And because of that, they're not, they're going to be sketched out, especially if you're talking about something as like intimate as money. Yes, absolutely. If they can tell that someone's not being genuine and they're, and they're wanting to help you with their money, man, I wouldn't hire that person. Mm -hmm. No way. Yep. You know, and even if it's not about money, you know, you bring up values and uh, what it was kind of going to my mind as you were talking was that part of the reason this is so difficult is because it's a very vulnerable thing to do. Right. Yeah. If you yeah. because I, I used to sell a product and this is obviously not coaching related, but I used to sell a product and I got really good at selling that product with a service mentality. But I never really got hurt when someone would say no, because I knew they weren't really saying no to me. They were saying no to a specific product. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Yep. But when I transitioned into coaching, they might have been saying no to a service that I was offering, but it feels a lot more personal. It feels a lot more like a personal rejection from them. And and so that becomes very vulnerable. And when you have a mask on, to use your words, it's like, well, they're not really saying no to me. They're saying no to who I'm presenting to be, right? But when you mm-hmm. remove that mask and you start putting your values out there, you start putting your thoughts out there and people start rejecting that, that does feel very, very personal. And so it's it's a lot more vulnerable. And I think that's why a lot of us get stuck and are, are hesitant to do that. But then you mentioned the idea of if you were trying to hire a money coach and they didn't have the same values as you, you wouldn't hire them. And I'm going to double down on that and say, even when it's not about money, uh, I told you that one of the things that I did in order to get out of that and and what was the process. And I said, hire some people, right? Well, that hiring actually went through a process itself. There were times when I hired the wrong people for that because I was thinking that they were going to offer something and I, I... basically bought, because I'll, I'll be very vulnerable right now and share my naivete. This is before I realized what algorithms were. <laughs> it's before I recognized that um, there was target marketing going on in the background, right? And so there were times when I would see this thing and I'm like, oh my gosh, this ad was like made for me. It's exactly what I want. The results are exactly what I want. And so I would, you know, pay $1,500 or whatever it was for that thing or $500. And I would get something from it. But like there was one time that I realized that this coach was like not in alignment with my values at all. Um, There was another time where there was this other coach who seemed really great at first. And then I went to a live event. I'm like, I couldn't just sit and have a cup of coffee with her like that. That really bothered me. And I want to, I want to work with people that I could just sit and have a cup of coffee with, you know, that I could feel, I could feel challenged by, but also that I could go on a vacation with if I absolutely wanted to. And this person, like I squirmed when I was around her for more than 45 minutes. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't think that's someone I want to invest thousands of dollars into. And so having 
a real understanding of what your values are. What is the, what are you wanting to do? What are the results you're trying to get and who, what kind of person are you willing to connect with? That was really important for me as a consumer. And, and I wasn't even dealing with my money, right? I was dealing with business stuff at the time. And so I'm just really glad that you brought that up because as people are um, trying to figure out who they are and being that person, taking that mask off, if you will, you realize that you're actually going to bring into your life, into your business, the people who would sit down and have a cup of coffee with you and who would be able to go on vacation with you if they were forced to do so. And it's, it's quite a lot, honestly, a lot more fun that way, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. And, you know, with you being yourself too, like you don't even like, let's say that you get a client and you're just like doing your thing with them. If you're able to be yourself and be comfortable in your own skin and like all that kind of stuff, like the, the sessions are going to be so much better for both of you, you know, and you won't have to worry about saying the right things or, you know, covering your tracks to make sure you're consistent because of what someone else says or (laughs) anything like that. Like you're just you. Yeah. And it, and that's going to, that's going to communicate much better and much smoothly, I think. Mm-hmm. And people are going to, people are also going to receive that much better too, which yes. I think just creates for a better coaching relationship. Yes. And honestly, and then the last thing I'll say about it is the converse of what I said before, when I said that, you know, it's very vulnerable because when people say no, they're saying no to you. When you have yeah. that mask off and you are yourself, the converse of that is that when people say yes, they're saying yes to you. They're saying yes to the values that you've offered. They're saying yes to the results that they're starting to see while they're talking to you or the, the potential for the results as they watch your approach and such. So it's actually super more exciting when they say yes than if you were trying to be a copycat of somebody else and they say yes. So that's, that's my shtick for today. How about you, Cody? What is one thing that you would change in your business now that you're looking back? Yeah, so... Much like uh, you had said, I would change several things. Um, but if I had to narrow it down to one, um, this is the, this is the one thing that has been just very annoying to me <laughs> uh, throughout this entire, you know, almost two years that I've been coaching now. And um, it's something that not only when it happens, is it annoying? Does it hit me financially? Uh, but it really hits me mentally mm-hmm. and sometimes even emotionally. Um, and that is that I never had any sort of setup or way to address or processes um, for when a client has to prematurely drop out of the coaching agreement. Mm, yeah, that is that is a difficult thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. So for example, I think that we covered it um, in pricing, in an episode on pricing, but I do a six-month base program with the option to continue uh, after that first six months. Uh And sometimes, you know, I've had a handful of people um, over the last year uh, drop out, you know, after three or four months, somewhere in there, Um, sometimes even after the first month. um, Mm -hmm. That happened to me even recently, uh, and he just kind of, ghosted me and I was like okay all right cool dude 
Um, <laughs> but when that happens, you know, not only is it a hit, a hit financially because like, you know, you're trying to grow your business and you're trying to do all that kind of stuff. And like, you know, you kind of account for like, if you're, do, if you're doing sort of forecasting, mm-hmm. you're kind of accounting for the next six months because theoretically that's what you agreed to. That's what should happen. And right. when that doesn't happen and, and, you know, people do drop out prematurely, it messes everything up that I had, like with my goals and my progression and the things I might have wanted to do. And even like, you know, just providing for my family. So there's just a lot of different things that go into play there. And you mentioned um, too, I think in the last one, I want to bring this up for a reason. You mentioned in the last one that you only take on like one or two clients in each of your packages every single month. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. that that's because you're you're based in, on the assumption that you've got these other clients who are going through six months. And so if you're turning down business because you assumed that this other person was already there and you wanted to serve them well, that becomes even exponentially frustrating because now when they drop out, you're like, oh, but I could have had that other business before. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, a hundred percent. Like there's just so many different avenues that, that really take a hit. Um, but much like what you were saying about how you're like, you know, if you have, if you be more vulnerable than when they say, no, it's more personal, mm-hmm. it's the same thing as if they were to drop out early, yeah. you know, and these people aren't just dropping out because they don't like the program. In fact, I think that the majority of them, it's something totally different. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it has to do with maybe a job loss, um, their marriage is just in shambles and they need to focus on their relationship first before they focus on their money. Um, which, you know, I think that it can help mm-hmm. certainly, but I'm not going to sit here and argue with someone and say, no, stay in here with me. <laughs> you know, like when they're going through that, um, another one was that I was working with a, uh, a single guy, um, well, he was engaged, worked with him for four months leading up to the wedding. Everything was starting to fall into place. Things were looking good. And then he got married and we had plans to bring his wife uh, on board as well. Mm-hmm. They got married. The wife convinced him that it was a waste of money and they could do it on his own, on their own. And he said, sorry, dude, she's not buying it. And I'm like, darn wives. Cool. <laughs> you know, like we did all this work to get her on board. Yep. And now she's saying no. So, you know, there's just, there's just a lot of different things. There's, that's just a couple examples, but um, you know, when that happens, it, it does take a toll. Mm-hmm. Like a lot. I haven't heard one, one example that I know, I know has come up for you and I want to bring it up so that we don't forget to hit on it. And that's the example of, somebody makes enough progress in their minds that they start yeah. to say, I would rather take this money and put it towards my goals than to put it towards coaching. Yes. That has happened a few times too. And even recently, um, and the, the one that happened recently w- really was kind of unfortunate because I really, I really, really enjoyed working with this person. Like they were one of my favorite clients. Like I felt like he was, almost like someone that I could just hang out with mm-hmm. on like a normal basis kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he was super driven, like really, really all about it and like making some good progress. And it, he just hit me up one day and was like, yo dude, like I just think that I would be able to make more progress if I took this money and I 
put it towards my goals. So I'm going to drop out. And I tried to push back on him. Um, you know, I called him and the whole nine. And it, he was just very determined that he wanted to to just continue on with without and, and hop out prematurely. And that was the one that really lit a fire under my ass to like get this figured out, mm-hmm. you know, um, that was like where I was like, okay, I'm not dealing with this anymore. Um, and I think I just, I think I even took it more personally because I felt like he was someone I could hang out with, mm-hmm. uh, which is why it led me to make these changes. Um, okay. So these changes are a few things. One, um, in my coaching agreement, I now have like a cancellation clause or Mm -hmm. policy. Uh, And it basically says like, I don't allow uh, premature cancellation of the agreement unless there's something that's out of your control, such as, you know, um, maybe a divorce or, you know, a death or a sudden job loss or, or, or an act of God or, you know, something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if it's just, if it's just an emotional decision, I don't really allow it. Sorry. Um, that's why with my premium package, you have the 30 day termination guarantee and the other one you don't. Mm-hmm. So there it is. Um, and on top of that, even more impactful, um, something that I've done very recently. In fact, I've only done it twice. Um, so I'll let you know how it goes as the, <laughs> as the month progress. But, um, in the very first like coaching meeting now, of course, during our consultation of, we talk a lot about this too, but in the first like official meeting before we even really start, you know, I, I do a little, um, just chit chat to get started. And then I kind of like turn the, turn the dial down a little bit and I'm like, all right, so hear me out before we get started. This is what we need to talk about. I am showing up with my full commitment to you guys and I am not going anywhere for the next six months or more. I'm going to show up every single time as if you guys are my only clients and you know, you're my full intent. You have my full intent. Okay. In, in, uh, what's the word in return? I'm also asking for the same. That's what was in our agreement. That's what we talked about during the consultation. And I just want to make sure it's understood before we move forward for, with the rest of the coaching that the same is, is expected as well. So just so you're aware, there will be a point likely in this six month period mm-hmm. to where you're going to feel like you want to quit, like you want to drop out early, anything like that. There will likely be a point that that happens. And it could happen for several different reasons. One, it could happen because like, maybe you hop in here and it's a lot of work, or maybe you hop in here and there's these things that you're doing now that you've never done before. And it's getting you a little bit outside of your comfort zone in a good way, but you're just like a little shocked by it. Maybe, um, maybe it's just hard at times. Some other reasons might be that maybe you're doing such a good job that you're seeing such awesome results that you might want to repurpose the investment to instead go towards your goals. 
-hmm. if you were to hop out early or stop prematurely, it's going to work against you because there's a reason that this is a base of six months. There's, I don't just have that just to have it. It's all mm -hmm. very intentional and designed for you. Mm -hmm. So I'm making you aware now that if that this likely will happen. So if it does, we're going to come back to this conversation and say, do you remember when we talked about this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what this is happening. Right. Very cool. Since you just yeah. started doing this on your next conversation that you have, I might suggest that you also bring in the stages of change conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, be because that provides them an understanding of why they might feel the way that they're going to feel. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it just feels like you're, you know, that, that, um, salesman, the car salesman who is trying to, trying to negate the buyer's remorse the next day by telling them they're going to have buyer's remorse. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, the stages of change conversation allows them to see how we work and how our brains work and how behavior change happens. And there's that, I don't know if you remember from the episode recently, uh, but there's that relapse episode. I mean, that relapse, um, stage and that is when things are going so well that we really start to think we are okay on our own and we give up the support. We give up the action steps that we were taking in order to stay in maintenance. And that's when you start to see the relapse happen. So if you can help them see that it's not just them, that it's not just you trying to prep them and switch their you know, mentality, that there is a science behind it. Sometimes that helps them go, oh, okay. So then when you talk to them later, you can say, you know what? These are some of the relapse signs that I'm recognizing. So you're using the actual verbiage <laughs> that you talked about before and you can help them identify where in that stage they are. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's that's a great idea. And I think I'm definitely gonna do that. Um, especially because you're right. Like, you know, when relapse happens, it usually happens when people go off on their own and they leave the support, Yep. you know? Um, so that's a great point. And, and another thing I want to just touch on too, is that like, I try and make them realize um, that. So if they were to get to a point where they're like, I think I want to stop. Mm -hmm. Um, I would probably say something along, well, I'd say several things, but one thing in particular is just that, you know, they're setting, if they were to stop prematurely, they're essentially setting themselves up to be the type of person that says they're going to do things and then doesn't. Mm. And that's, and that's just not like with, with this relationship, but it could, it could eventually ripple into other areas of their life in the future. And that's something that I don't want to help aid with mm -hmm. them, mm -hmm. you know, and find out from them if that's something that they want to be right. right? That's it, how you develop it, that discrepancy for yeah. them is, you know, and rather than just throwing it out there and being like that, I'm not willing to contribute to that. Uh, just say, this is what this looks like, right? You are, the, the person yeah. who does this start says something and doesn't finish. Is that the type of person that you are aspiring to yeah. be? And yeah, they might exactly. say, yes, I am. I am aspiring to be that person. And then you really like, okay, well, 
congratulations, you've arrived, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if they are not, and chances are they're not, otherwise they wouldn't have been working with you, then they can decide that that's not okay for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it, there's a lot of power in asking them that question, not just telling them, right. you know, like not just telling them like, hey, this is what's going to happen. And I'm not going to want to be a part of that, of that whole journey. Um, you taking a second to hold off on saying that last part of like, well, I don't want to be a part of that journey for you. Holding off on that last part and mm -hmm. instead inserting that question of, is that who you want to be? Mm -hmm. That's powerful. And I would say that most people, they're going to say no, because <laughs> I don't think very many people do want to be that type of person. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that's when you could be like, I don't want you to be that person either. And I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to, you know, aid in that. So yep. let's keep this going, you know? Yeah. Well, that's um, really, really good. And, and I'm, I'm glad that you're able to bring this up because I know it's something that's going to happen for everybody. Uh, I was telling mm -hmm. you ahead of the recording that, that that happens to me even before they get in sometimes, you know, I am the type of coach who gives a lot before even asking for payment, uh, whether it's in the form of lives, if it's in the form of podcasting, if it's in the form of, um, you know, just doing some of the group sessions and stuff. And it's, it's where people get to see value ahead of time. And so I run into this sometimes before they even sign on to a coaching package, you know, Oh, I know I, I, I have enough. I see just enough where I think I can do this on my own. And so I'd rather take that, you know, 1000, 2000, $4,000 and invest it into my debt freedom or, you know, whatever, whatever goal they are that they're working on. And inevitably they end up either falling and coming back or falling and not coming back because they're like ashamed of the fact that they didn't do it. Uh, and, and a few times they will go ahead and be able to do it with the tools that have already been provided to them. Uh, but it doesn't mean that they couldn't have done it faster and then more exponentially had they made the initial investment. So I really appreciate that you brought that up today and uh, that you're giving a process that people can go through. They, they can take those practical steps and actually apply them. And I have one follow-up question for you. When you said that you put it in your contract, do you have it written anywhere else? Uh, like, is it written on your website at all? Are you are saying it anywhere else besides the, that contract? Um, I think that's the only place, to be honest with you. To, to okay. be completely transparent, yeah. and some people might think that I'm crazy for this, and some people might be like, yeah, I get it. Uh, I don't even have a website. You know, I just I just have my social media accounts. Yeah. Um, so I, I would put it on my website, but I don't if have, you have a website. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, that's, that's fair <laughs> enough. I mean, and talk about full transparency. I have a website that I set up five years ago, and I don't think I've changed it. Um, <laughs> So, so, you know, I don't, I would really wouldn't say I have one, uh, certainly not one that reflects me. It's kind of reflects that, you know, copycat from before, if, if I'm being totally honest, um, that mm -hmm. is one of the things I want to get going, but I do believe that I have something on there about cancellation. Uh, I have what I call, uh, um, I think it's called agreement of mutual respect or something like that, um, rather than like a cancellation agreement or something. But I list a few things that I would, I do for them because I respect them as a client and then list a few things that I would expect in return for that uh, as if they were respecting me. And one of the things that's listed on there is about cancellations or no-shows and, and that kind of thing. So um, 
but yeah, I mean, having it in the coaching agreement, that's really where it's most important anyway, because that's where they are going to sign on and, and do something with yeah. you. Um, so have you had anyone, I'm guessing no, cause it's pretty new to you. Have you had anyone break the contract since signing it? I haven't yet. Okay. Um, if that happens, I have to decide on how I want to handle that. Um, okay. Maybe that'll be either, a either, topic either for another nice episode. Or, <laughs> yeah. Either the nice guy or tough guy. I haven't decided to yet. <laughs> But All right. Well, if you guys are listening in today, send us a, a quick message saying, be the nice guy or be the tough guy. Maybe we can talk about that on, <laughs> on a future episode and just kind of pull the audience a little bit. Uh, no, we'll, yeah. we'll see how that goes. But <laughs> Well, this has been a really fun conversation, Cody. Thank you so much for bringing that to the table today. I, I know that our listeners are going to not only glean information and insight from this, but they're going to start to think about some of the things that they might do differently as they are starting out and some who are looking back going, yeah, I might've done this a little bit differently, but the, you guys, the thing is don't just think about what you would have done differently. Take action, take mm -hmm. action on that thing. Do what Cody just talked about, you know, recognize that there is something that can be done differently and just try something, do what I did, you know, just recognize that there is a way to do some trial and error and just don't be stuck in fear and not knowing what the result's going to be. You're not going to get it right every time. The first time it's just not going to happen. So trial and error is okay. It's how we learn. It's how we become who we're becoming. And I just encourage each and one of every one of you to start somewhere and just get going. Facts. <laughs> all right well thanks so much for tuning in today i can't wait till the next episode where i think we're going to be talking a little bit about how to structure your business because one of the things that has come up for people is okay so you guys did all these things and you talk about like i think cody you said investing in coaching as well was one of the things that you would do as well right yeah 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 it, if i had to go back i would definitely have invest into additional coaching uh, okay. sooner, you know, I'm okay. glad I did it when I did it, but if I could have done it sooner, I could have theoretically been further along. So, okay. Well, and I know that some people who are just starting out are like, I'm just starting out. How could I possibly invest in coaching when I don't have any income yet? And so I think that that's going to be something we want to address. So we will talk about that next week, how to structure your business in a way that kind of makes it look like a business, but also in a way that's going to serve the needs that you have for yourself, even when you are just starting. So stay tuned for that next week. You guys, thanks as always for tuning in. I hope you have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.